I have something that might change all of this. The SportsZilla Show. Well, first thing is, I'll say the Syracuse faithful are, are some of the most passionate fans out there because I, I said his name as Marek Dolajai, which was not correct. It's Marek Dolajai. Fans across Twitter torched me for that. So I, I am going to spotlight Marek. <laughs> okay, now let's try this again. One more time, pronounce his name for the Syracuse faithful, and they'll they'll cut you some slack, Luke. I appreciate it. I told him I'd get it right, but Marek Dolajai. You're all muted. Okay, I can do this all day. The SportsZilla Show podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Or find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ESPN Syracuse. At ESPNUR and at ESPN SportsZilla. The SportsZilla Show starts now with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Marik Dolajai. I'm kidding. Marek Dolajai. Dolazajai. Remember that? Yes. Pronunciations. I worked on the general manager of the uh, Green Bay Packers for something we're going to talk about in a little bit. It's Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Gudenkunt. Yes. You got to say angry. Did you uh, Did you practice that too? No, no. I've known that one. Gudenkunst. 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 Yes. I got it. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. Well, I'm two for four, though, because we brought up Marek Dolajai, Brahma Sidibe, and there were two others that graduated, though, recently from Syracuse University, members of the basketball program, and I knew their, their names just whoop, right out the brain the second we got started. I was good until our open for the SportsZilla show hit the air. Rain, Matt Page, the glue guy, a Tuesday. Wow. Are you ready to go? Because I am, and I'll tell you why Bayheim's army will be returning. Adam Weitzman is helping out. I, there can be some financial contributions and things like that. He's got, have you ever seen his jet, by the way? Uh, yes, I have. Maybe they're, they're rolling like it's, an NBA, uh, pretty nice. NBA pro team. So Kevin Belby said, yeah, yesterday. He told Donna DeTota it's happening, and uh, Adam's going to help out. But I'm just really excited. We're going to find out the roster and a lot more information. Um, but I think it's going to be good, right? So seven years in a row. That's nope. correct. Million dollars on the line. Uh, starts the weekend of July 16th for regional sites. It's back to the way it was prior to last year when the basketball tournament actually showed us that we could return to sports. It was a trial run on the bubble. Yep. We're actually going to talk about the bubble in a minute, I have a feeling. The NBA bubble, that is. Uh, but I can't wait for this to happen. Listen, Cuse has got to win this thing. They've accumulated a lot of wins, but they got to win this. And I can't wait. I mean, did you expect they weren't going to be part of this? Uh, we talked to, uh, who was it? Who said that they would be coming back? So I'm not sure. Who did we talk to? You? Uh, are, you, are you referring to Eric Devendorf? There you go. Did you forget Devo? Yeah. As De- you said, going on air, boom, there goes your brain. I saw Devo doing a little work. Um, Isn't he always? Doing a little work on Instagram the other day. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Let's lay out the game plan real quick. First of all, Yankees on deck returns tonight at 6 o'clock. It's 3 against Toronto. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is scaring me. He's a beast. Uh, we'll get to that. The biggest news, though, they actually, since they kind of sucked for a few weeks, they have the best record in baseball, and it's primarily because of their starting pitching. Their bullpen's fantastic, too, and I guess some timely hitting because overall they're really not not even middle of the pack. They're a little bit bit below middle of the pack in a lot of offensive categories, but I guess they're scoring runs, just enough runs at the right time. But isn't it the trade for the outfielder with Aaron Hicks having surgery? So we'll discuss some of those possibilities. I'm hearing Marte's. Uh, one being Starling with the Marlins and another being Kettle with the Diamondbacks, who also is an infielder. So he's 
He's one of those guys that can do a lot of things. He's versatile. He's versatile. Delino DeShields Jr., who's been in AAA, but he might be another option. Also, somebody that they'll look at. But we'll explore all things Yankees 6-7 to seven tonight right here on ESPN Radio. Does It Matter's upcoming Spencer Davidson will join us for a kerfuffle. We'll explain what that is. Instead of what are the odds, we're changing things up on Spencer Davidson from WKTV in about 10 minutes, a kerfuffle. In other words, um, like where's the beef? The sports beef. We'll get into that in a minute. Sound checks on the way at 2.30. You're killing me. Smalls has a couple of things that we will air grievances about just before 3 o'clock. Can I just backtrack you real quick? Yeah, sure. So you're coming up with another segment name. Mm, yeah, make fun of me when we get to it. Okay. We we kind of talked about this the other day. Yeah, but I don't know. It's okay. just dumb. Okay. Well, all right. Did, was that a personal insult? No, it wasn't. It's just an insult to my stupid names for the segments? <laughs> yeah, everything needs a name with you. I'm good. Yeah, it does. And and I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. So after three o'clock, we got a few things that are worth a mention. Another sports cliche and another. Yeah, we do that segment sometimes. Yeah, we do. You've already aired your grievances about that. Our take with Jason Fitz, one half of Spain and Fitz, 315. And then the professor, Michael Lear. He's a Utica Comets broadcaster for our listeners down in ESPN Utica, Roman 96.5 FM. Uh, But he went to Syracuse. So um, he's an alum. We'll have a few things to talk about with him. With another alum that you hear with Axe on the block, guy by the name of Tommy Gunn, Hogan, brother. Uh, they got a little gambling thing that they're doing, a little show. You might have caught that. And if not, we want to educate you on what that's about. Hey, some of you out there, you're degenerate gamblers, and you love to place wagers on sports. He's actually got some picks for us today. He's going to tell you where to put your money. How about that? Uh, do we trust him? I think it depends. Okay. I have a couple of ideas on the games I think he's going to pick, but we'll get to that at about 3.30. I'm good if you are on the Sports Hill Show here on ESPN Radio, where we'll get after you at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv in just a minute. we got to get a Twitch poll up there. We've been slacking on that. So we got to make sure we get a couple of polls up in there. But if you're ready, I am for Does It Matter? Does it matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that Bayheim's Army and the Elam ending is back? That's my favorite part of TBT. Same. Obviously, the former Syracuse players forming a team and returning, but the Elam ending, I want to see that everywhere. I don't think it's ever going to happen in the NBA, but then again, it might. They want to do a midseason tournament in the NBA now, which I think is stupid. So the possibilities are endless. The play, you could see it. The play-in tournament, I like it. I do, but a midseason tournament, just stop the season in the middle, and then put together a tournament, and they're trying to revisit that. But that's dumb. But the Elam ending is not. That's exciting. It just makes every game exciting. Correct, because one team could just go on a complete run and win the game. Yeah, and you see, and, and especially in the NBA, you see runs like that. It's a little bit different in college, the way the game, and obviously the game's different. But needless to say, that would spice things up, I think. Can't wait for it. Who's on the roster? Any predictions? Devo? Devo. Yeah. Where else? But as far as that goes, who knows? Uh, could we see Tyler Ennis come back? Hmm. You want to see Tyler Ennis I come do. back? I do. I want to see O'Shea Brissett come back. Uh, <laughs> same, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. All right. Does it matter on ESPN Radio and the Sports Seller Show? What is your next question? Does it matter in the WNBA, the New York Liberty? were 2-20 and 20 last season, and yet are 5-1 and one this season. Gionescu. Yes. P- period. Correct. That's the answer to your question. You want to know why? 
they're going to be good this year and they have a chance to ultimately win a championship. And because w- she's fantastic. And wait till she gets even a few more seasons. You're, I think you're looking at a decade-long run for them with her. She's that good. She's no joke. Youngest ever with a triple-double. That's correct. She's a fantastic basketball player. If you don't know Ionescu, Ionescu, pronounced both ways, by the way, uh, check her out, man. I'm really slowly becoming more and more and more a women's basketball fan. I didn't. You're welcome for that, by the way. I, I just, it's not that I, I thought it was bad or anything like that. I just didn't pay as much attention. But over the last few years, I've really started to invest in it more. You just see some great basketball. That's a fact, man. I'm not wrong. That's not an opinion. No, that, that's you're a fact. Right. Good basketball. Does it matter? Next question. Does it matter in the NBA? It seems like there's a conference championship hangover from the teams in the bubble last year. So we're talking about the Lakers, Denver, Miami, and Boston. You know something? You asked me about this earlier today, and the way that you initially asked the question, I wasn't in your headspace, and you didn't explain what you're talking about. And I'm like, what Which are you? Which is par for the course, but continue. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, oh, no, I do it too. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes you start a conversation with somebody in the middle of a, a, a train of thought? Because your brain's already there. And they're not anywhere near that. And you're like, what are you talking about? And then you brought me up to speed, and I was like, you know something? You might be on to something. Because you got, let's see, the Lakers, you got Denver, you got Miami, who got crushed by Milwaukee, by the way. They're Twice done. in a row. Stick a fork in them, 132-98 yesterday. And then Boston. And they're the final four of the bubble playing for the NBA championship last year. And are they run down a little bit? Hmm. Well, with the Lakers, Denver, and Boston, you've seen three major injuries. Yeah. LeBron missing quite a bit of time. You had Jamal Murray going down, and now Jalen Brown went down for the Celtics. But there's there's a couple of ways to look at this. Are they just run down from the extra basketball and a shorter rest in between that and the restart of this season? Or are those injuries the result of the extra wear and tear after shutting down for a while, then starting the bubble, then playing at a time of the year that they're not used to? Or was it like in LeBron's case, just a freak injury? I wonder. Uh, Probably all the above. I think you could explore all of those options, and it's fair to say that that all could be affecting it. Uh, Then again, maybe just a better team is beating you, right? Yeah, very well could be. Every team, every year, every season is different. What's your next question? Does it matter that Vlad Guerrero had two home runs last night, and hey, they're playing the Yankees today in the next two days? And hey, it's not just hitting wall scrapers. He's hitting bombs. Correct. Um, So you're hoping that he's been really hot and he cools off. He has not faced the New York Yankees starting pitching or bullpen, which overall has been splendid and spectacular. But yes, he's a bit of a concern. I would be worried if I was the Yankees. But you know what? They just went in and they just swept on the road a a really good white second. Where's that home? Was that home? Uh, It was home, I believe. I think it was home. I think that was the series they returned. Wow. The day off, man, it screws me all up. Were they on the road? They were for 10 days, but I'm not sure where they played yesterday. Hey, the Blue Jays are still in Dunedin on their way to Buffalo in a couple of days. Needless to say, it's Toronto the next three days. Next question, baseball-related. Does it matter that Kluber might hit, go with another no-hitter tonight? Is, why did I just go with an old-timey voice, by the way? I don't know. Did you notice that? I did. Old-timey radio. Do you Is it good or is it bad? Should I do better? Uh, just don't do it. Should I tweak it a little bit more? No, I can't promise. Don't. I don't intend to. It just comes out of my mouth sometimes. Kluber, no-hitter. Yes, no? Tonight? Yes. Back-to-back no-nos? Yes. I'm not going to say that, but I think that if... If he is in a comfortable place with his delivery, you could see another outstanding start. I think Agreed. that is definitely possible. He seems to 
he seems to lock in and then he rips for a while. When he's healthy, he did that before yep. the injuries. And if he's good right now, be re- very happy. That's a that's a great investment if it turns out that that's the clue where you're going to get for the Yankees this year. Uh, one of the best ones that the Yankees had in the offseason. Jeez, sure was. What's your next one? Does it matter that umpire Joe West has umped 5,375 game, which is tied for the most? Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool and all. It means he's getting old and he's been around for a while. Uh, he's probably going to retire eventually. And I think it's funny that you want to ask me about Angel Hernandez. Yep, I'm going to preview your next question. I knew you were going to ask me this. I have to. I just I just knew it. Go. Is he almost as bad as Angel Hernandez? Let me just, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to clear my throat in the air. Okay. No. No? No. Angel Hernandez is terrible. And it's also because Angel Hernandez. Is Angel Hernandez the worst? He His reputation precedes him, and he throws people out of games for ridiculous. They all do. I've never seen anything like it in the last handful of years. It never used to be like that. You used to be able to go out and yell at an umpire. You can't do it anymore. They toss you for anything. Yes. But he's bad. You, you even look at a guy, you get tossed. There's a Twitter account that actually gives you analytic scorecards for umpires. Somebody tweeted it at me the other day, and I was like, I'm a baseball geek. I actually already follow that account. <laughs> uh, but he's pretty bad. He's usually in and around 90%, which if you think about it, if you throw 100 pitches in a game, he gets 10 of them wrong. That's not bad. That's no, that's really bad. He shouldn't be getting ten of ten balls and strikes I, I wrong. I don't know. Ten percent of not doing your job. I, I don't know. That, I think that's good. That's terrible. I think you have a really, really, really awful opinion of that, to be honest with you. He should be you should be getting like one or two wrong. You're you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. I'm an, okay with that. An umpire at ninety percent is not good. Robots are like a hundred percent. And and some of the calls, they're not even close. You don't even need you don't even need to track it with with a stat cast. Okay, well, if a foul shooter shoots 90% on the season, that's viewed as good. That's completely different. That's that's a false equivalency. I don't even know what you're trying to do there. Don't what are you doing? Poke. What are you That's not even a poke. That's just nonsensical. Basketball foul shots, balls and strikes in baseball? Okay. Crazy. All right. Well, he's bad. Angel Hernandez is real bad. Congratulations to Joe West, though, I suppose. Next question. Does it matter that the Dodgers begin a series against the Astros? Hello, Joe Kelly. Uh, That's going to be interesting. You want to talk about spicy. And here's the other thing, too. The Dodgers and the Yankees are two that were really affected in the World Series by the Astros cheating. Correct. If the Yankees hate him the most, I think the Dodgers probably hate him the second most. And then everybody else hates him as well uh, because they're cheaters. You talk about the Yankees. There was a uh, El Tuve chant. Over the weekend. Interesting. And I wonder if the Dodgers send a message. They're frustrated a little bit. They're not playing overall as well as they would want to. I don't know if it's a World Series hangover, speaking of weird seasons, but maybe they take that out and a little sweet chin music. Don't throw it their head, but maybe you plunk a guy a couple of times to send a message. It's possible. Yeah, but then you're losing players, and that's not worth it. Hmm, interesting. We shall see. Sometimes the ego gets in the way of uh, common sense when your, I guess, adrenaline is pumping and you're in the the, the heat of the moment. Yeah. It's, all things are possible. you have anything else, or can we move on? Uh, does it matter that the NLE East lead is separated by two and a half games throughout the whole division? Um, is it parody? Yeah, it's it's definitely parody. It's just... It's just, I, I don't know. The Mets are, like, confounding to me. And, and, and I think it's injuries, too. Uh, hey, DeGrom's back tonight. Uh, it's injuries. Uh, probably a pitch count, maybe 80? Uh, probably. You or let him, less. You let him go 100? 
Uh, probably less. Just let them get through five innings, and then you don't want to go to the bullpen, see what you got. The Mets won't give run support anyway, so it won't matter. He's just a guy you don't want to see a long-term injury. Let's pause right there. Spencer Davidson is going to join us for a kerfuffle next on ESPN Radio and the SportsZilla Show. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. <coughs> get the f*** away from me. Okay, this has gone well. All right, should we take some calls? Let's take some calls. It's time for Bi-Weekly. Can't wait. With WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson. Our guy Sean Coffey, head coach, Utica College Basketball, talked to NBA players with us yesterday. He just came correct with a text to uh, Matt Page, the glue guy, and I. It's a horrible take there, buddy. Had to call you out on it. I got a little backup, so now you got to shoot foul shots with him. Okay. Hey, at least it's not three-pointers. That that man can shoot the three. Well, either way, sure. I'm going to lose, so it doesn't matter. Um, horse? Play horse instead? I haven't played basketball in a while. so Just take ridiculous trick shots because even there is a chance that he might miss those. It's the only chance you have. <laughs> I think that's fair. It's also the only chance that I would have. I, I don't think that there's many out there that could actually be. Devo, Devo might wipe the floor with you, Coach, if you're still listening. Uh, I'm sorry, champ. But needless to say, we're having a little bit of fun. Spencer Davidson now joining us. Not for what are the odds today, no. Uh, we're throwing you a curveball. We've done that on occasion. We used to do it a little bit more often in the past, but I'm bringing you in for the kerfuffle today. Would you like to know what that is, Spencer? I would love to know what that is. We're going to keep you on your toes. It's it's basically I'm using a few uh, stupid old-timey names. Blue guy rolls his eyes at me. Hey, but you won't forget this. It's like a Donnybrook, like a sports brouhaha. You know, where's the beef? You know, you, you see the Twitter beef, and athletes are fighting, and they're beefing, and they've got issues. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Kwame Brown... Blue guy brought that up to the Twitch audience at Q Sports Talk a second ago. Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Gilbert Arenas versus uh, Kwame Brown. It's been very interesting. Coach Sean Coffey and Matt Page because of his... Well, that goes back quite a ways. His so. ridic- well, that's, you know, and the funny thing is I started that. <laughs> yes, and then I got labeled the instigator, but continue. I started it, then I stepped out, and now the beef continues between them. But if you're not seeing eye to eye, you're agreeing to disagree about something, and there's a few of them going on, and I thought, you know what? I want to start you out with, well, we could go with Kenny Mayne and Aaron Rodgers, right? Actually, Aaron Rodgers technically has two of them at the present moment, doesn't he? Yes, he does. One with his team and a fun one in Kenny Mayne's last sports center last night. Uh, they were going at it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers loves him some Kenny Mayne, and I think everybody does after 27, almost 30 years in the game. Uh, he will be sorely missed on ESPN and in sports center. Uh, but did you happen to catch that? Did you hear what he said to him? It was very funny. Uh, the closing line was, you suggested crypto last time we interviewed, and it's down 40%. Gretchen, being Kenny Mayne's wife, wants a new comforter, is what he said. And then he said, bleep you to Aaron Rodgers, and then just walked off the set. Aaron Rodgers giggled a little bit and was like, I love you, Kenny. What do you think of that beef? <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you got to be you got to be real uh, when it comes to, you know, you, you can't be all buttoned up. I mean, Love to see those real human interactions. Um, you know, obviously, Kenny Mayne has become a, a mainstay, a legend, uh, you know, at ESPN. And, and like you said, Rain, he's going to be sorely missed. But I absolutely love those interactions when you kind of just see, like, you know, the, the real playful side of, uh, of somebody and, and these relationships. Because, you know, a lot of people like to pit the media and the athletes against each other. But in many ways, um, you know, they're on the same team and, and uh, you know, they know each other very well. So I love to see interactions like that for sure. That's the thing with ESPN anchors over the years. They've had some very unique, distinct possibility or uh, personalities. Kenny Mayne and Stuart Scott currently SVP is real good. Distinguishes himself. 
But those two were just so unique and different in their style. You can't help but appreciate them. But his guy, Aaron Rodgers, does have a beef, uh, beef with the Packers. Uh, you heard his comments last night. He was talking about it, it's the people within an organization that make it. And it ended up being it's it's not the money. It wasn't the draft pick. It's not Jordan Love. It's it's just the the chemistry and the way they go about things. And there's a problem there. And I left with the impression if you listen to Aaron Rodgers and read between the lines that he's done there, like he's done with them. It's irreparable at this point. What do you think? Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Um, you know, I mean, when you have your starting quarterback and, and your uh, the face of your franchise for the past 10 years, um, basically saying he doesn't want to play there anymore. I mean, I don't really know once you go public with that, how you're able to, to, to detract that and, and make it work. I, I guess we'll see. But, it, yeah, it just seems like he's checked out. And, you know, he can say it didn't have to do with the draft pick or anything like that. But, you know, when you see the team, when you feel like you're still very capable of playing for years and you see the team, you know, draft likely your replacement, I mean, that's pretty tough. Uh, you know, especially for a guy who, again, has been the face of the franchise for years and then all of a sudden you're kind of faced with your mortality as a professional athlete where, yeah, they're, they're already looking at what, what's going to happen beyond me. So um, I do think that played a factor for sure. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it just seems like, look, you know, in any, in any type of workplace environment, um, sometimes you just checked out. Sometimes you're just ready for a change. And I think that's what we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers right now. And I, I don't know how they'd really make it work from here, guys. I think, I think the ship is pretty, is pretty much sailed. And do you think the same thing about Julio Jones and the Falcons? He told uh, Shannon Sharp, I'm out of there. Yeah, yeah, live on the air. That yep. was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, I, I, again, I think when you have a guy publicly saying stuff like that, it's really tough to make it work. I mean, it's it's hard for for either party to then save face there and and be like, yeah, you know, no, we've we've worked it out. We've hashed it aside. I mean, it, it, it looks like you know Julio Jones is pretty set when with what he said. So yeah, I, I just I I don't see how you make it work from there um, for either party. It's crazy, you know, Aaron talked about the culture and character being big issues. Some organizations have it, others don't. Some people have it, some don't. I think it's pretty obvious. It might, Angelou, say sometimes you just kind of get to get, I'm paraphrasing, but just get out of the way. People are going to show you who they really are. You just got to, you got to let them. Eventually it's going to happen. They'll expose themselves. Apparently Bryson DeChambeau has done that. You want another kerfuffle, another sports beef, another brouhaha, another Donnie Brook. This is the best one going right now. So Brooks Kepka is sitting there doing an interview, and Bryson DeChambeau kind of walks by in the middle of it, and he shoots a comment out, and then he says, you just got to start it on the right line as they're talking about putting. And, and <laughs> just, you know, Brooks is evaluating his round and his struggles in the PGA tournament, and Bryson DeChambeau, with some very colorful language, some sentence enhancers, which we can't repeat on the radio, um, but he just basically hates them. And it's funny. I'm like, I I watched it over and over again. The eye roll, the side eye, the face that he made at him. And and then at the end of it, he's like, I don't even care if he knows that I can't stand him. It's the best thing going. Anything better than that? No, I mean, you got it. You, you love that. I mean, like, what are the best, uh, you know, the best moments in, in sports history have to do with rivalries where guys just like absolutely hate each other. 
Um, I mean, you eat it up. I mean, even even you know back in the past when when there was all that drama with you know Shaq and Kobe and stuff, people ate it up. You know, people love it. So you know, with Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan, um, Isaiah Thomas and a lot of the NBA legends, to be honest. But uh, but yeah, I love it. I mean, again, it's it's the human side. Sometimes you just don't like one of your coworkers, especially when you're competing with them for you know for a position, and in this case, for a championship. So um, yeah. You know, you got to have a little bit of that fire. You got to have a little bit of that emotion. You know, it's great when when these guys are friends and, and they love each other and they respect each other. But it's also great when they hate each other. You got to love it. I mean, um, it makes it you know the storylines and and everything. It makes you watch closer because you want to see um, these these people's reaction towards each other. You want to see how that uh, motivates a guy to to try to to do well. So absolutely, you know, you gotta you gotta love that stuff. Now, there's some kids not playing well in the sandbox right now on the Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. Sports fans, uh, there's a kerfuffle going on in there if you want some entertainment. Oh, and by the way, you have Amazon Prime. You can subscribe for free. That's a way to join us and watch us. Everything is on demand. There's the James Mitsubishi Sports Illustrated Podcast, wherever you get yours as well. And the timelines at ESPN, you are at ESPN Syracuse. Wendy Davidson, Spencer Davidson's mom, is a regular consumer of the Sports Illustrated Show podcast, and we absolutely love her for that. We're bringing him in for the kerfuffle today, talking about some sports beefs. There's always one going on, too. Have you noticed that? Always. Always. I mean, it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not just in the NBA. It's not just on Twitter. Uh, we give you one in golf. Think about that, in golf. Man, that, that's what golf needs, though. Uh, I got one in hockey, if you're ready. You got, PG, you got the PGA Tour or PGA Championship being won by Phil Mickelson, bringing extra sets of eyes and ears that aren't normally paying attention to golf. And then you've got uh, two marquee names, really, that are fighting with each other, hating each other like they're in junior high. You got a hockey one? Yes, Connor McDavid apparently wants out of uh, Edmonton. I'm sure of it. There, You want to talk about a choke job going Correct. on up oh, there. Yeah. He's so good. Why would you want to be there? Uh, requested a trade. Yeah, it's time. Rangers. Yeah. Rangers. Um, Jack, yep, Eichel, Jack Eichel can stay in Buffalo. I'll take Connor McDavid over Jack Eichel any day of the week. Oh, that's got to happen. Chris Drury's the Absolutely. greatest GM in the history of hockey, if that happens. That's my take. No no other team can have Connor McDavid. He needs to go to the Rangers. Um, we, I don't think we can have a kerfuffle or fight about that, can we, Spencer? No, absolutely not. We're 100% in agreement there. He's a, he's a special player, that's for sure. And, you know, it was only a matter of time. Um, you can see it on his face last night after they lost. You can see it in his face after, you know, in the post-game interview. He's just done with Edmonton. I mean, you know, I, I, they just they haven't put the pieces around him. You know, it's basically him and Dreisaitl, and, and that's it. So uh, it's got to be frustrating. And, um, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see him in New York. Boy, could you imagine that? The Sports Illustrated Show is on ESPN Radio and Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. I'm reminding you of that again because uh, based on the camera angle in our studio, uh, well, one thing, you can join the sports fan kerfuffle in the comment section, but also directly over my shoulder to my right, there are a couple of people with the windows being mirrored that can't see in and they don't realize we're doing a live radio show and they're, I don't know, what are they doing out there? I have no clue. Like, it's, it's kind of funny. So if you need extra entertainment, that's also going on today as we'll continue with Spencer <laughs> Davidson. I got one more for you, Spencer, real quick. We got about a minute left. But nutmegs are scary, and I'm talking about guys like Trey Young who do that in the NBA. Yet at the same time, they're hilarious. Speaking of sports kerfuffles, there was the one with Trey Young and Trevor Ariza. Great job remembering that one, glue guy. 
But it seems like he does that more often. Than and Trevor Ariza wanted to body him, by the way. He was mad. And now Trey Young, with the Hawks playing the Knicks, is a villain in New York. I don't think he understands what he's getting himself into. Can't wait for tomorrow's game. How about you? Yeah, I mean, neither. I, I don't think so either. I mean, you know, it's one thing to hit you know, a game-winning uh, shot with half a second left on the clock or 0.9 seconds or whatever. But it's another thing then to taunt the Knicks crowd. And that was reminiscent of uh, of Reggie Miller, you know, with the choke to, um, to, to Spike Lee back in the 90s. Um, yeah, I mean, when you become public enemy number one in New York, uh, you're going to be feeling that for a long time. So Trey Young, I think you went a little bit uh, too far for, for being a, a young player in the league, not quite understanding exactly what he got himself into, now, especially now that the fans are back in the arena for, for MSG. So he's going to be in for a rude awakening here in game four and, and deserves it. I, I, you know, I, I, wasn't, I didn't dislike Trey Young before, and then after that I was like, okay, yep, he's, he's now on my list. He's now on my, you know, my crap list for, for NBA players, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think his hair is terrible, and I'm not usually the one to mock oh, somebody's appearance, awful. but it's the worst hair in the NBA. It really is. Um, you're awful. all going to want to watch if you're out there listening to ESPN Radio and the Sports of the Show and you don't have a subscription to Q Sports Talk, I would recommend it just for what has happened over my shoulder outside of the window for the last three minutes. They're finally walking away. They were, like, checking the belly or something. Like, pulled the... I, there's no nudity involved. That was just bizarre. Um, this is why I love Twitch. This is why it's great that radio is now basically on TV and you can watch. That was fun. I've got to see what some of the comments are for this. we got to take a break right here. Thanks for doing the kerfuffle with us today. We might have to bring this back, even though the glue guy hates the name of it. I don't care. We're going to have. Well, a, I just hate that you name everything. That's all. Keep making fun of my stupid names for segments, and we're going to have to have a kerfuffle right here on ESPN Radio. Let's hit a quick break. Sound check is next. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. I don't know. Some of the best sound going around. Kenny Maine. And the bromance with Aaron Rodgers from Kenny Maine's final sports center last night. And, and listen, there was a lot of great things said. Uh, first of all, the, the love and respect that Aaron has for Kenny was apparent. He kept directing it back to that. Kenny did not want anything to do with the praise. He wanted to try to ask him some legitimate questions. Uh, but listen, Kenny Maine's a, a big deal, man. He really is. And I'm leaving ESPN. It's not Aaron Rodgers spoke for everybody. And, and I was sitting there going, you know, even though you've been a little diva-ish and you got your whole little kerfuffle going on with the Packers. Yeah, but that's professional. I mean, personally, Aaron Rodgers, a great guy. Yeah, I think uh, he just, it's his dude. I mean, they've done a lot of things together over the years. A lot. They've had a lot of fun yes. is really what it amounts to and giving you some great sports content beyond what happens on the field. But only Kenny Mayne could have done what Kenny Mayne did in this piece audio from the end of that interview. Hey, just last thing. Last time we did the interview together, you told me to go heavy in the cryptocurrency game. I did. Uh, we're down 40%. Then I lost my job. Gretchen just wants a new comforter. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love you, kid. That's just, I mean, that's awesome. See, he's a dude that everybody can relate to because doesn't everybody's Gretchen want a new comforter? Uh, what, yeah. What's, what's wrong with the comforter that you have? I don't know. I just want a new one. Me, I'm like, it thing has to be ripped to shreds before I would even think about Guys are so different. But Gretchen wants a new comforter, and Kenny's just trying to make her happy. And now he doesn't have his job. That is a great way to uh, end an interview. 
Can you imagine anybody else saying that? Uh, no, that's not Disney approved. And the thing is, he could say that, walk off, and if it wasn't his last day, Aaron Rodgers would have gone back on with him, probably only him or maybe a couple of other guys, and that's it. That's correct. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's definitely got a little bit of pull. I wonder where Kenny Mayne ends up. I'm Interesting cu- question. I'm curious, right? Is that the million-dollar question? He's got to have a stack of offers. He's just uh, got to have a ton I of I think them. he has more than one, just one stack of offers. Uh, he's got stacks of offers. Brooks Kepka hates Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, I'm so glad that this got leaked, the video and all of that. The you know, and you have to see the video to see the eye roll and the the contempt and the disdain that he has. Yeah, just Bry- the audio just just doesn't do it for Bryson DeChambeau. And if you look at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv, there's a few interesting comments in there. Uh, feel free to join that conversation. But this is 45 seconds of the funniest thing happening in sports right now. Ready? Golf course was asking a lot from you today, Brooks. What were you able to do well and put up that nice number? Just ball struck my way around this place. Um, didn't putt well, but I don't think many guys are going to putt well with this wind. It's it's very tough. I don't like I said. I don't know what other guys have said, or I just felt it difficult to read. You know, sometimes, sometimes um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, <laughs> hearing that. Bull- all right, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to enjoy that at the TV compound. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't even care. Wouldn't even care. Going to enjoy that at the TV compound. Everybody saw that. It ended up getting released. Bryson DeChambeau had walked behind and said, you just got to start it on the right line and referencing the putting. And you couldn't pick that up on the microphones, but Brooks Kepka heard it and, man, loathes him. He loathes him. Got flustered. They, I don't know if the PGA would do this. They might try to avoid it. But it, if you want my honest opinion, I, I pair them up like in the next tournament they're both in. Or do we see a match with those two? Or you play really well, you make the cut, and then the scoreboard determines where you're paired up. How about those two going at it in the final group in a major? Interesting. And added Phil Mickelson to that group? It has to. No, no. Keep Lefty out of it. Why? Keep Lefty out of it. Because those two hate each other. They need to be the final pairing. Don't, yeah, don't water Phil, this down. Yeah, don't but water Phil it down. would just be like, hey, guys, come on. It's just a golf game. Let's go. No, we wouldn't. Yes, Phil, he would. No, you're wrong. Phil Mickelson is a huge gambler. Correct. Loves to, loves to throw money on things in friendly matches. He would be out there instigating this. Poke prodding them and he'd put money on it he would want to see them go at it but don't let don't let him get involved in that you need to let those two go at it first and then maybe further down the road if you want to throw lefty in the mix that's right but those two who hate each other with nobody to diffuse anything that'd be awesome don't water it down don't filter it just let them go it would be awesome bloodbath on the golf course. That would get eyes on the sport. It'd be massive ratings. I would totally watch that. I don't care who wins. I don't care what their scores are. I just want to see if they fight. Kind of like Happy Gilmore. That's what it feels like. Did you hear the Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota and Golden Knights in the NHL playoffs um, and the commentary? You don't normally hear this in play-by-play in hockey, but it was Alex Faust, who was actually at one point a broadcaster for the Utica Comets. He's now the voice of the Los Angeles Kings and now doing playoff hockey along with Joe Micheletti. Rangers fans might also know that game. Well, those are the two voices calling this game yesterday. And this is what happened. And yes, I've had to creatively edit it. Extra attacker on for the Golden Knights. 
This looks like the shitty hockey that Minnesota was playing this morning. Literally, literally called the Minnesota Wild and it said that they were playing bleep hockey. Wow. I, I feel like Barry Melrose would do that. Yeah, but that's after a couple of drinks, but, not like, you know, during an actual game. Uh, Micheletti did it. This is Soundcheck. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio with Rain and Matt Page, the glue guy. Going to bring in Greg Anthony and want to talk a little bit about Trey Young. He said he rose to the occasion. And th- this adds to not just the fact that the Knicks are in the playoffs, not just the fact that it's at MSG, not just the fact that you have 15,000 fans in there now, I mean, there really is no other place. The best arena to watch basketball in. And and with what's at stake, and then you have a new young villain and a four and a five seed and a shot to win the game with .9 seconds. And then he talked smack, slapped his chest, was screaming and yelling. The Knicks, you want Baltimore material? Rewind. You want bulletin board material? Uh, clearly, you're getting some. Is I, he almost as bad as Reggie Miller? Or is Reggie Miller still bad Worse to you. It's not even close to the Reggie Miller at this point. He's got he's got to be hated for a lot longer. I need two turntables to go with my microphone. Just two turntables <laughs> and a microphone. But this is Greg Anthony talking about Trey Young. He did rise to the occasion. His hair is still terrible. I think most people knew how good Trey Young was coming into that game. Uh, I, I thought the Knicks actually had done a pretty good job. And give him credit because part of what happened was, you know, you, when you don't know, you don't know, you have to find out. Mm. And, and he had to go through and understand how the game was going to be officiated, how he was going to be defended. And if you notice, he really had was pretty, I don't want to say passive, but he wasn't as aggressive to score early, really trying to rely on his teams. And then he did what most great players do. They figure out what their team needs, and then they try to deliver it. Yeah, just go to the right because the Knicks weren't cutting off your right hand at all. Um, Clyde Frazier, did I mention that yesterday? Yes, you did. Clyde Frazier mentioned it 12 times during the game, and I can't understand why they didn't make the defensive adjustment during the game. He's clearly beating you going to the right, so don't let him. Well, I don't think you have to be worried about that going forward with Thibodeau as your coach. No, I don't think that that's going to happen at all. And should we change his nickname to Nutmeg? Uh, no. Okay. Let's not. Should somebody nutmeg him? Yes, 1,000%. A hundred times. I, I think that has to be the goal in the game. Nutmeg him and miss. Julius Randle. He'll be on the bench for a few minutes. I have a yes, feeling he will. if that happens. Uh, Greg Anthony talking about how does Julius Randle respond? He had an off night. He just, he plays one way all year after he is the most improved player in the league in my mind. Not a Knicks bias but then didn't in the first game of the playoffs. He was not what he was the rest of the year. I mean, he got his re- or the for the entire year in the regular season. He got his rebounds. You know, he was making his moves, but he was he was rushing things and he had picked up his pace. He was it was the quintessential trying to do too much and he acknowledged that. But these are the observations of Greg Anthony. I'm not mad at Julius Randle for not shooting it well. Uh, that happens to a lot of great players. Look look at the Lakers in, in their first uh, game, right? They didn't get it done. A lot of teams, that that's a, the, the playoffs. The playoffs are about adversity and how you deal with it. And just like in a regular season, that wasn't the first time Julius Randle had struggled. The key, though, is how he responds and bounces back because now he has a sense of how he's going to be guarded. Uh, the Knicks as a whole, just like the Hawks, they understand now how the series is kind of going to be played in terms of the level of physicality, uh, the, the the defenses that Atlanta's going to run, and he's got to now understand where he's going to be able to get his spots. Uh, and he's going to have to shoot better. I thought he forced it a little bit 
uh, early because he just wanted it so badly, Greedy. Uh, but I think he'll be a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. He's also with, he, he's in a leadership role with the Knicks. He's the guy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, no, exactly. And he, he doesn't have another guy to rely on, so he needs to step up and be the guy. And I feel like the playoff pressure was getting to him in game one. I think he'll relax going forward. He put too much pressure on himself. Exactly. I agree with that take. Wow. Nice. First time all day. Good job, buddy. This is the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back, though. Uh, Jason Fitz, one half of Spain and Fitz in hour two at 315. Don't forget the Professor Michael Lear for those of you that are into sports betting around 330. But you're killing me, Smalls, is next. You got a wrestling beef. I do. Right? Yes. A kerfuffle. You have a kerfuffle with something in the WWE. Say kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Take the break. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. So something in the world of sports makes you roll your eyes and look with disdain like Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau walks by. Uh, that's what this is all about. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, what a great movie, Sandlot. I think about that movie every time I say that. And I see dudes with that shirt all the time. Yeah, we actually have a co-worker, Nick, who wears that shirt quite often. And um, B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A on one of our sister stations also has that shirt. And I'm starting to question why I do not have that shirt. Then again, if you're on my Facebook at ESPN Rain. I posted a picture of some Nikes that I want. Two di- same shoe, but different color schemes. Yes, pertaining to the orange. Um, but you can't get those retail. And people were like, bro, good luck with that. I looked in the prices. I was rather disappointed at the pricing. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Uh, that's killing me, Smalls. Adam Weitzman, man, I'm just saying. I Take a look at my, if you're out there listening, bro. I mean, you're helping out Bayheim's Army and TBT. I, I wouldn't mind a pair of those kicks. Hook a brother up. Jeez, I'm just saying. Uh, but needless to say, I did want to share this audio. I got the receipts on Julius Randle and what he was saying uh, before we air our sports grievances. I might have, I might have done too much uh, trying to prepare, uh, you know, and um, I got to uh, maybe tailor back a little bit. But like I said, uh, everything um, out there, uh, I'll be able to adjust to um, and come back ready next time. Yeah, you're going to see good things in game two tomorrow against the Hawks for Julius Randle and the Knicks. And I have to believe that. I just have to believe that. What's your sports grievance? What's killing you, Smalls? So Adnan Verk and the WWE have mutually agreed to part ways. And I think it sucks because I think Adnan Verk is a great broadcaster. But I think the travel between his MLB job and WWE was just too much for him and his family. So that's why they've agreed to part ways. But he was only there for seven episodes. That's it? Yep. Seven episodes of Monday Night Raw. They always say the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I guess you don't. Sometimes there's things you're not aware of until you do it. And Correct. Then, and then you go, whoa, this isn't exactly what I thought. On paper, it probably sounded fine. Oh, we can manage it. But traveling down to Florida, back to MLB headquarters, I don't think it was good enough for him. It just wasn't working for him. So who gets it officially? Who am I giving this to? WWE. WWE. You're killing me, Smalls. Should have made it work with Adnan Burke a little bit better. For me, it's Gutekunst. The Packers GM. Gutenkunz. Because that's his last name. 
That's my problem. That's it? Yeah, because I had to literally go on Google to learn how to pronounce it properly, even though I've heard it pronounced numerous times. I couldn't get it right until I had it, like, phonetically broken down for me, and I can't stand people that have last names that I can't pronounce. Wow. It's nothing personal against them. I just wish they so that's had a, you problem. a different last name. That's why I just go with Rain. It's really simple. It's four letters, and I, I don't get confused. Good against but I have to. Here's the other thing. I'm glad we learned that about you. I have to either write it down or type it, and then I have to look at the word to pronounce it properly until I've said it a hundred times. It makes sense. Ante tonkumpo, right? Yes. Was I off on that one? I think you got it right. Uh, people with hard to pronounce names, last names, especially in the world of sports, because that's what I work in now. Uh, they get it too. You're killing me, Smalls. Anything else that you need to narrow grievance about? Uh, I think just the typical you versus me type thing, but it is what it is. The word kerfuffle, because I'm going to use that a lot now. Yeah, way too much. Sports kerfuffles, sports beefs. Bruhahas. Bruhahas, right? They're, they, they happen all the time. All the time. We got to talk about them, but we'll bring in a few things that are worth a mention next. Don't forget Jason Fitz and the professor, Michael Lear, to talk sports betting on the way on ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Taking a look at Erie County, where the Buffalo Bills reside. Is it Highmark Stadium now? Is, isn't it rebranded? Uh, yes, it's the Highmark Stadium. I think we're looking at full capacity when it's all said and done. Obviously, COVID and vaccinations and protocols. This New York State. And yep, they're the only New York football team in the NFL this technically Jersey for the Giants and the Jets. We understand that. Of course, they made that joint announcement. They're going full capacity, which is awesome. Um, nothing sucks about that whatsoever. You just you see that f- the light at the end of the tunnel and you just get to the end and eventually it, it, there's going to be no more darkness, no more shadows. You know what I mean? No more restrictions. We're getting there. A lot of things are opening back up. We're starting to really get back to the place where we talked about we could not see the end for a long time we could not see the light at the end of the tunnel so it feels good and when our sports are getting back to that and we can get you know elbow to elbow shoulder to shoulder to shoulder like they're doing an msg for the nets with fifteen thousand, i think full capacity is what 18 20 000. yeah so you're close about 75 percent now so we're getting there but the giants and the jets will be i expect the bulls to be or the bills to be excuse me the bills to have full capacity Chicago's involved in this? Yeah, for some reason, full capacity and the Bills turned into the Bulls for me. But there is a Buffalo Bulls, too, if we want to talk college, which we're not right now. Uh, But I just thought we would talk about that as a way to segue into a few things that are worth a mention in the NFL. It seems like the Julio Jones news and the Aaron Rodgers news are really the biggest things. We mentioned this yesterday, other than rookies signing contracts, which is just a formality. Like, uh, Kadarius Toney... And like one other guy on the Giants, for example, are yet to sign. And it's just a formality. Correct. Uh, but they'll get there. The Bills are signing players. The Jets, everybody is is doing all of that. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, though, about the Chargers and Justin Herbert, because you're always asking, um, you know, I'm always teasing you about Mac and Mac spelled backwards and the quarterback situation with your Patriots. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson and the Jets and other teams that have quarterback issues. Uh, Justin Fields in Chicago, or if they don't start, when do they start? How many games before they're named the starter? Is it two weeks in? Is it four weeks in? The way that Daniel Jones took over for Eli in, in his first year and how that all played out. But Justin Herbert's going into his second year, and he was 
phenomenal last year. Oh, uh, surprising. Surpri- yeah, no, nobody realized how good he was going to be. Well, maybe they did, but I don't know if he quite has the weapons necessary. But don't you still? He's so good. I expect a monster year from him. I mean, Josh Allen made the two, the, the year two to year three jump, and, and now he's in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. Everybody's looking for that with Daniel Jones now that he has weapons, assuming they improve on the offensive line and he cleans up his issues. But Daniel Jones regressed last year as, right. as, a, as opposed to his rookie season. Sophomore jinx, does Justin Herbert have that? No, I don't think so. I, I feel like he's going to make a lot with a little like he did last year. They have Keenan Allen back from injury. Mike Williams. Yep. I just I think that you're watching a superstar in the making. That's very quiet. You don't hear much about him. He's going to eventually assume the eventually Tom Brady retires, right? No. But he's he's going to become one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, I think. Agreed. He's going to be one of the young up and coming stars that comes out of nowhere for a lot of people who aren't paying attention to the, to the uh, L.A. Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk Almost about, at San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, dude, I do it all the time. Let's talk a little bit more about the NFL here, though, for just a second. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum, you know that name. I wanted to bring in a little bit of extra sound I had left over from Soundcheck earlier in the Sportsilla Show here on ESPN Radio. Uh, interesting analogy in talking about Julio Jones because – we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I think you just can't go back at this point. And ultimately, you know, people are speculating maybe Green Bay is spiteful and they don't trade him till like July, and then he doesn't have a lot of team, a lot of time to work with his next team. Yeah, that doesn't really matter. You could see that Aaron Rodgers is is a good quarterback, so I don't think that'll really hamper him too much. The gamesmanship would work with other quarterbacks. With Aaron Rodgers coming off MP, MVP season, he'll figure it out a lot quicker than most. But with Julio Jones. Patriots are being discussed. Uh, it's likely that they would be a team that would try to trade for him. You said it, not me. There are a few others. I'll say it for you because it's true. It's a fact. Well, you clown me whenever I bring it up. He so. doesn't want to go to the Cowboys. He said that point blank. I still don't know the answer. Did he know he was on the air or was that sort of set up? Uh, I think that was set up. It had to have been. Well, this is that interesting analogy from Mike Tannenbaum about Julio. He said it's tough to put the toothpaste back in the tube. This certainly hurts Atlanta, but for slightly different reasons, guys. It's really hard to put the toothpaste back into the tube when you say to Julio Jones, hey, we wanted to trade you, but we didn't get the value, so come on back. That's a really hard conversation to have if I'm Atlanta. So now that everyone knows, which obviously there's been a lot of private conversations, but certainly it's out there publicly, I think it would be really difficult for Atlanta to have Julio Jones come back, and therefore other teams knowing that. I don't think Atlanta is dealing from a position of strength. I think they're dealing from a position of weakness. Set him out of there. He did. He doesn't want to go back. He wants to win. I don't think his best opportunity, he's 32 now. He can be 33. I think his best opportunity to win is elsewhere. And it's, it's, and I'm not clowning on you, but it's not with the Patriots. It's certainly not with the Giants, by the way, either. I'm not going to suggest he goes there if his expectation is the Super Bowl. So we obviously know he's going to Tampa, right? <laughs> right? He's going to Tampa? Boy, uh, that'd be interesting, though, wouldn't it? I don't, I don't know if they have any room left, cap space left. I don't know if they would even go there at this point. Do they need to? They brought everybody back. Antonio Brown just resigned today. As, as it is. But, but it's just an interesting development. It's amazing how often you see this type of stuff. Now, what do you got? Uh, according to sportsbetting.ag, Patriots lead the odds for acquiring Julio Jones, plus 150. Titans, plus 200. Ravens, plus 500. 
49ers plus 600, Packers plus 750, and the Cowboys plus 800. We should have the professor Michael Lear make some picks. He's got a new gambling or sports betting show with Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother, and we're going to talk to him at 3.30 about that. We should make him pick the team. There we go. Where does Julio Jones, let me make a note here, where does Julio Jones go and where does Rodgers go? And then he's got some other games that he's going to pick for us too. If you like to uh, place a wager, say, on the NBA playoffs, maybe the Yankees game tonight, just throwing that up, maybe the NHL playoffs, just throwing those out there. Professor Michael Lear will join us. But let's keep with the conversation here. Adam Schefter, when it comes to Julio Jones, I don't know if you heard these comments that he made. The truth of the matter is that Julio Jones went to Falcons management back in March and asked for a trade back then and made it clear that he wanted to leave Atlanta. Now, again, both sides have tried to operate and keep this quiet and keep it private until the Falcons could work out a trade post June 1 due to the salary cap savings. But today, Julio Jones told Shannon Sharp he's out of there. And so once he told Shannon Sharp that message, it became a little bit more public than I think both sides wanted it to be at that point in time. But now it seems like a foregone conclusion that Julio Jones will be dealt. Yeah, he, he'll be dealt probably. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is saying the same thing. So do you know who Teddy Bruschi said that Julio should be on the phone with and maybe they should look to get to the same team. I'll, I'll just play the audio first. I would say wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up. <laughs> That's what I would say. So, we're, I mean, this is it. So if I'm Aaron and I know where I'm going, which it's possible that he does know where he's going right now because his agent's probably working the phones behind the scenes, all of that stuff, I don't know. But I'd be on the phone recruiting and not through social media saying, come to my team and all this stuff. But like calling Julio, like, hey, man, this is what I got planned. I mean, you come with me, we'll form our own little super offense, man, and we'll get this going. So if I was Julio, I'd be on the phone with Aaron. Players can talk, and it's like, what are you thinking? This is what I'm thinking. Can we work it out? There you go. As Mike Tannenbaum said, as far as this situation, both situations really are concerned, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, or as I like to say, once bread becomes toast, it can never become bread again. Yeah, it's, it's done, right? They're it both, is done. They're both moving on. Where do they go? That's a good question, but we also heard Devontae Adams for the Packers saying, if Rodgers goes, I don't want to be here either. So there's another possible guy being traded. Devontae did say that, and it's interesting. So you have to look at teams with cap space, right? Uh, the Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, by the way, has the most cap space in the league. Correct, but I don't think they're going after Aaron Rodgers right now. They just drafted Trevor Lawrence. I'm not quite sure that Aaron would want to go there. Uh, then again, does he have any? Does he have no trade clause? Uh, that's a good question. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to go to Jacksonville play for Urban Meyer in that situation with Tim Tebow as your starting tight end, uh, fifth string quarterback? Well, that's one place that I suppose he wouldn't get all of the media attention, uh, which is an issue for a lot of people on that roster. We're going to pause right there. We're going to talk to Jason Fitz, one half of Spain and Fitz, right here on ESPN Radio. He's up next, and we've got our take. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. Here's our take with Las Vegas Raiders fanboy, Fitzy, Jason Fitz. Jason Fitz not answering today? That doesn't appear so. Did you get voicemail? Let's see. I can't take your call right now. But if you... Yep, voicemail. Yep, got the voicemail. That's like the second attempt. We'll try again in like 60 seconds. Sometimes uh, he calls right back through. If not, we'll stall long enough to see if we can't get him on. And if not, that just means a couple extra picks with Michael Lear We'll dial him up like two or three minutes earlier. So some of you that are into sports betting, yeah, um, 
we got a few tips for you tonight. Are we going to ask him about like uh, terms and what they mean? Because I'm pretty much clueless when it comes to all that. Well, well yeah, that's why I called him the professor. I okay. want, I'm not a huge gambler, but... I don't uh, have enough money to gamble. I'm guessing he is. Who, who knew Tommy, Tommy Gunn Hogan brother is also a, a gambler, I guess. They got the gambling show. If you haven't heard about this, we got to tell you about this. We're here to help out our, our co-workers with what they're doing. Michael Lear also... He moonlights as broadcaster for the Utica Comets. SU alum. Can't wait to talk to him. Uh, stalling a little bit, see if we can get Jason Fitz, one half of Spain and Fitz on the phone. He usually joins us at this time on Tuesdays. Every once in a while, we don't make the connection. Um, who's going to ask about Kenny Maine? I mean, go right directly to the source, right? You pass yeah. him in the hallways of the building out there in Connecticut. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, that whole situation. Wanted to know what he thought about Julio Jones. We've been discussing this. At least it's not Dallas. So hoping maybe you take a couple of shots at Dallas. Uh, maybe he would make a uh, observation about maybe the Raiders going after him. Uh, I don't like Dallas, and if you have a problem with that, please feel free to let me know about a Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. Uh, spicy conversation in there, by the way, uh, as we've been talking about sports kerfuffles or sports beefs quite a bit today. I wanted to get his opinion on that. And then Phil at 50. I know. I think Jason's pretty close to the 5-0 now, too, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's in the upper 40s. I know that he's mentioned. It's his age. not polite to talk about someone's age. No, that's with women. You don't ask about the weight or the age with women. With guys, it's not the same thing. He's he's skinny, though. I don't think weight's a concern for him. But he's mentioned he's up in the upper 40s now. So seeing Phil Mickelson do what he did, the PGA at 50, you know, I don't care. I'm asking him about it next week because that was historical when we saw that. And I wanted to find out about Trey Young, what he thought of his hair. You know what I mean? I don't think he cares about his hair. Yeah, he'd have something to say about the hair. What about LeBron flopping? Uh, yeah, I think he would definitely have a uh, observation or two about that. He'd have a spicy take on that. I wanted to ask about Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau because it was interesting. I just I saw a little while ago on Twitter. So in order to settle that Twitter, no, it's not a Twitter beef, that sports beef, the disdain, the loathing, the hatred, the dislike that, well, Brooks has for Bryson DeChambeau. And I think Bryson DeChambeau is trolling him a little bit. I think he kind of is sensing he doesn't like him. And if he didn't know before, he knows now. Oh, no, I think he knew. I th- I think he knew what he was doing by making that little poke and jab. He did it on purpose. Of course. And he distracted him. And Brooks Kepka makes no bones about the fact he dislikes him. So on Twitter, they're suggesting a way, a more gentlemanly way to settle this. Uh, if you don't do it on the golf course, how do you settle this beef? This a kerfuffle, boxing match. This kerfuffle. Okay, if it's not boxing, um, it's not golf. It could be arm wrestling. Uh, do they bring it to Hell in a Cell with WWE? Could they shotgun beers together? Put something on pay-per-view? That's too nice, there's shotgunning a, beers. But there's a lot of... I mean, do they play horse? Something that, That's not going to settle this. This has got to be juicy. Correct. It's got to be physical. Is it going to be a, a fit, something with a uh, monetary wager on it, or is just bragging rights going to be the right thing to do? I think bragging rights is more uh, those guys' speed. Would you pay to watch that a boxing match with those two? Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah. Have uh, the Paul brothers and Floyd Mayweather somehow involved? Hmm. This. Oh, wait a minute. Can we get them to agree to just beat up the Paul brothers? Yes, I would be okay with that. Hmm. Do we find out a way to get Bryson DeChambeau in the ring with I don't know, like Mike Tyson? Uh, no. He's pretty bulked up now. Uh, Mike. Yes. Yes, he is. You see, there's an ABC special about him tonight. No, I did not. I am curious to see what that's all about. You know What's what? it about? It's about Mike Tyson. That's yeah, it. That's obviously. it. I haven't watched oh. it yet. Have you watched it yet? I've seen the previews a little bit. I'm going to investigate that. We'll talk about it tomorrow. It's on the list. That's for sure. Uh, did you tell me that Tim Tebow, in his, he's like selling more jerseys? What's the deal with that? Uh, yeah, so it's women's jerseys, men's jerseys, sweatshirts, 
all with Tim Tebow's new number, 85, and he's leading NFL.com in all sales. And that happened within like a couple of days of him officially signing? Correct. Wow. And what's the breakdown about who gets the money? So if it's an online sale, so NFL.com selling the jersey, it goes into a uh, pot at the end of the season for all the teams to divvy up evenly. Now, if you buy the jersey at Jaguar Stadium, it goes directly to the team. That's pretty interesting. That's crazy how much merchandise that he is moving. You know, the other thing I wanted to ask Jason Fitz about, any chance you want to dial him one more time? I've tried. Okay. Oh, yeah. Have you tried a couple yes. times not answering today? No. Okay, we'll talk to him next Tuesday. I wanted to ask, I hate to do it, but I had to ask him about Simone Biles. Agreed. It's almost, does it feel unfair? And I'm going to give you a crazy thing. We were just talking about golf. When Tiger first came out, he was so much better than everybody else. He just dominated for years. And then everybody else realized, well, he's the only one working out. We have to work out. And then there's been a shift in the game, and now it's commonplace, right? Yep. And I mean, there's more parity, I suppose. With her in women's gymnastics, she literally does things that nobody else can do, and she's not anywhere close to done. And not only that they can't do, they don't even attempt these things, and so much so that there are moves that are named after her now. It's almost unfair. You lose before you even start the gymnastics match against her. So do you just bide your time until she she retires? Like, is she a marvel? Is it amazing that she does these things because she's only four foot eleven? Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. She's diminutive. She's beyond. She's smaller than petite. She's tiny. But the power to jump the way she does and how high she is in the air and, and what she does while in the air, it, you just go, you got to be kidding me. So because of her size, she has a competitive advantage. She, she, I stop. Every time, if I'm on social media and something with Simone Biles is happening athletically, I stop and I watch and I go, damn, every single time. Oh, well, it's just impressive to see all those flips and jumps and you're like, I can't do that. No, I absolutely can't. Nobody can do that. No, at all. Nobody can do those things. It's remarkable. All right, well, maybe we'll figure out a, a, a bet that you can place on Simone Biles and got a few picks for you, and we're talking to the professor. Michael Lear next on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio. This should be good. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. Yes, sports fan. And twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Oh, poor Polly. He gets dunked in, in the office. He gets dunked on Twitch. He gets dunked on Twitter. Walked into the kitchen. Uh, tried to get a Diet Coke with the card. Is that what the tweet was? It was just yes. scrolling by? Yes. Uh, mumbled something. Was probably E, Weka Weka Padres. And then he just left. And I was like, have you ever had deja vu? Because I've literally seen that scenario play out time and time again. Welcome back to the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. Welcoming in now somebody who I have just dubbed the professor. Listen, it's better than Ranch. Michael Lear, who moonlights as one of the voices for the Utica Comets, but has a gambling or sports betting show uh, that is just getting started with a guy you're familiar with if you listen to ESPN Radio. Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother. Uh, that's my new nickname for him. Michael, welcome to the Airwaves. What's going on? Happy to be here. I like uh, I like all those titles mixed in there. It's great. You will never get a cheesier, stupider, dumber, more unique introduction than I will give you. 
So listen, tell us, <laughs> tell us about this, man. Um, first of all, it's going to be a little bit different. You and I did some co-hosting of Utica Comets Insider for a handful of weeks, and that was a lot of fun. But we're going a different direction with this. And, you know, there's a lot of degenerate gamblers out there, let's just be perfectly honest, and it's big business. We know it's billion-dollar industry. Jordan Capozzi being one of them. But there is also those that, that don't. And I don't do fantasy either because – the reason is more than anything because I've been invited to be in so many fantasy leagues. I'm like, I couldn't possibly keep up with kids, a job, and everything else. My head would explode. So educate those that are novices at sports betting, uh, why you're into it, uh, the basics of it, how they can participate in this, and why we should trust you. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I was the same way. I mean, I, I had a bunch of fantasy leagues and I loved watching sports. Um, I got into sports gambling by basically I would be watching games and you know it's fun to watch a game, but it's a lot more fun to watch a game when you have some some vested interest in there. And you know, if you're a fan of certain teams that helps, but sometimes you're watching a random NHL game on a Tuesday night and you want a little bit riding on it or make something fun out of it and you're sitting with a couple of your buddies, so you find a way to put some money on it and make that fun. Um, so I actually did the opposite. I I pretty much dipped on my fantasy leagues because I'd be putting 20 bucks into a fantasy league. And then on Sunday I would have bets on all these different games that made up way more than my entire fantasy season would. Um, but I got into it because it was, I thought it was a fun way to watch games. Um, it's a fun way to make some money if you're good at it and learn some things to look out for and, and some different um, tactics that, that makes the games you want to watch fun to bet on as well. And also knowing um, obviously to do it responsibly and, and know your odds of winning and your odds of losing, which is important too. But um, what's cool and, and with the show that um, that we're, we're working on and kind of starting to develop right now is in New York State, obviously you can do it at casinos right now, but it's going to become widely available on, on your cell phone. Yep. So come by the Super Bowl for sure, you'll be able to sit on your cell phone, on your couch, and place whatever bet you want on whatever game you want. Um, so we're just trying to get ahead of that a little bit and, and start to um, start to educate people on how to do it and, and what picks to do as far as why to go with me. Well, my ESPN, Syracuse, ESPN, Utica, Rome record's pretty good right now. So that's that's one reason. Fair. Um, but I, I won't bet on something just willy-nilly. I do a lot of research into these games, um, and I also make it fun. So I won't um, – I, I, I'm a fan of, you know, the bets that are – I think are really valuable and ways to make money, but I also find really fun bets that are just so fun to watch. And we'll have you actually on the edge of your seat watching a game because you have whatever, 10, 20, a hundred dollars riding on something. So wait, are prop bets going to be a thing? You said this will be ready to go by the Super Bowl. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. Literally so, so the- you could go to turning stone right now and, and bet on anything you can imagine. Like um, one thing that I, I love tonight that I have somebody putting a bet in for me is, no runs in the first inning of the Yankees game, meaning nobody will score in the first inning of that game. And that's the most fun bet because it's over in 10 minutes and it could be over in one swing of the bat if you get really unlucky or you bet that runs are going to get scored. So all that stuff will be available, yeah. So we're talking to the professor, Michael Lear, who along with Tommy Gunn, Hogan brother, is got a nice sports betting show lined up and ready for you. I can't wait to hear some of this and I'm definitely going to check out the pilot episode that you guys have already started, but we had a few things that we wanted to throw some wagers on for you. And then you have some picks for us, right? I do. Yeah. I have a couple for tonight. Okay. Awesome. Um, 
Julio Jones, we want to know where he's going to go. Is there a wager we can place on that, or where do we go to find Ooh. that? Uh, what do you think? Uh, let's see. I, I'll have to do some digging to find the odds on that. There probably are. I mean, there are literally odds on absolutely everything. Um, I don't know. That was so wild yesterday. I, I feel like he's kind of squashed his bug with Dallas through that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd have to find somewhere that I guess I'd have to find the odds and, and pick a team that had good enough odds to bet it. I don't even know who the favorite would be right now. Who do you guys, who would you guys put as the favorite? Oh, well, according to Matt, it's the Patriots because everything leads back to the Patriots. But if, oh, of course, but if he wants to win, uh, there are some better options. Hmm. It's not going to be the Giants. Who needs a receiver? The Titans are also on Julio Jones' wish list. But the most... The, the, oh, wow, I got him. I got the odds, guys. The highest probability, yes. I think, is New England right now. It is, yeah. Odds are Patriots at plus 200, Titans plus 400, then Falcons, Chargers, and Ravens are the next three. I I think Baltimore would be sweet. Baltimore at plus 800, so 8-1 to one odds if he goes to the Ravens. I don't hate that. What about all right? While you're looking this up, what about Aaron Rodgers? It seems like the relationship is fractured completely with Green Bay. Where does he end up? I think on like the first game of the year, I think he might be a Bronco. And in order to bet that, I bet on the Broncos to win their first game of the year because right now it's even money. And if they got Aaron Rodgers, it would be like they'd be the heavy favorite. Uh, so I took the Broncos in the first game of the year. And worst case scenario, they don't have Aaron Rodgers and I have them at even money to win the game. So sometimes you got to have a little bit of foresight too, when you're placing oh, your yeah. wagers uh, so, and the Broncos are facing the giants week one, aren't they? Yeah, I believe that is the matchup. Yes, if, I, if I remember the schedules. So that's very interesting to me. Hmm. Where does Julio Jones end up? Where does Aaron Rodgers end up? But what do you have for us? Uh, what are some of the picks? I told you I wanted you to specifically pick a few that you think everybody would be interested in. That, hey, like you said, might be fun, or, or maybe you can maximize your money. Yeah, so the, the fun one that I just mentioned, which, uh, Rain, I know you said um, that you haven't really been into this at all. So what I want you to do tonight is pretend. So watch the Yankees game, or listen, however you're going to do it, the first inning, and pretend that you have $100 on no runs in the first inning. Because it will make you very excited for that first inning. When somebody, when there's a leadoff block, you start shaking a little bit. Next guy strikes out, and you're feeling okay. <laughs> Just pretending I have a hundred dollars is making me feel all these feelings. Let alone whether it's on the there Yankees you go. game. All right, so so that's that's my that's my fun pick tonight. That's one thing that. I'll, I'll just bet because it's it's even money and it's fun. Um, two games I really like. I'm sticking with baseball. I was going to go the Canadians to win tonight, um, but I think I'm going to lay off that. I think I'm going to stay away from that game. So I'm going to go Cleveland Indians, money line against Detroit. So them to win the game, um, they've got their second best pitcher. They don't have a great offense, but I think they're due for a little boost, and I will bet against Detroit's offense any day of the week. Uh, so Indians to win, money line, and then – the under in the Marlins and Phillies game, um, the Marlins are hitting like 229 in their last 10 games, and the wind is blowing in at 16 miles an hour at first pitch from center field. Um, so I under seven runs in that game. Those are my two bets to, to, to cash in on today. Is there a league or a sport that's probably the easiest to bet on and make the most money? There was a time, if you do a lot of research into baseball, I think there's a lot of money in baseball. It just baseball just plays to the numbers so well, and the analytics are there's so much information out there 
So baseball, if you really take the time to do it, I was, uh, when I was in Vermont, I was working at a TV station from 4 a.m. to noon. And I had like a 30 minute break at 6:30 in the morning. So I would spend a half hour just reading about all the baseball games and checking all the weather and all the baseball games and going into all the analytics of all the baseball games and then make a couple picks and get out of there. And I basically took a nap and woke up and half the games were over. But um, I think there's a lot of money in baseball if you do the research. You're listening to Michael Lear, the professor, Michael Lear, on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. It's ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated Show. Talking sports, betting with him. I'm glad you brought up baseball because that just made me think of something. The Tampa Bay Rays have won. It's 11 straight now. That's correct. So at some point, yep. you're you're not going to sustain a winning streak that long for much longer. Is that something? In other words, if you're trying to figure out what you want to bet on at any particular day, you see something like that. Does that draw your attention to go, hmm, I think this is the night that they end that streak. And would that up your chances of, say, winning more money? Yeah, absolutely. That's a strategy that a lot of people employ where they'll even do, you know, so let's say the Buffalo Sabres, for example, is already already an example this year. They're on this losing streak. So you start betting Buffalo to win. And again, if you have the funds where you can do this, you bet them to win. They don't. And instead of not betting them the next day, you double down the next time. So then if they win, you make all your money back plus some, and then you're supposed to keep doing that. That's a strategy that takes some guts for sure, but it is something that um, you take into account. It's, I think that's kind of a personal strategy where you, you make your own decision because it's much like if you're at a casino and you walk by the roulette table and it shows you that the 15 has hit three of the last five times and you're thinking, oh, well, I definitely am not going to bet the 15, but it really doesn't matter in theory. It doesn't change the odds of them of it hitting again. It's the same exact odds as it was the first time they spun it 10 years ago as it is um, after it hits 15, three out of five times. So it, it's kind of, that's a personal preference. I try to just look at the game itself, but I did make money on Buffalo, uh, eventually betting Buffalo to finally win a game because they were the underdog in every game. And, and then they won a couple games down the stretch. A little while ago, you were talking about eventually you could just do all of this from your phone. Is that through like FanDuel and DraftKings, or would you actually have yeah, to get so the, like a Turning Stone Del Lago app? Um, so the way it's going to work in New York State is um, on July twenty fourth, I think. Maybe yeah, July no July thirty first is the deadline for anybody that wants to be the mobile the mobile gambling app of New York State. They all will submit their bids or their requests to the state, and then the state's going to pick four vendors. So you'll have a choice of four four apps, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of politics and money going on yep. in this whole back end. But I, I, I imagine it'll be your DraftKings, FanDuel, maybe a Del Lago or a Turning Stone. I'm not sure who it will be, um, but it's going to be the big the big apps, I imagine, that are going to get those bids. Like I would be shocked if, if when – you can gamble on your phone if it's not DraftKings and FanDuel and, and, and the, big, the big players. Once again, talking to Professor Michael Lear, a little sports betting on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. All right, you're an alum of Syracuse, and the women's lacrosse team is in the Final Four here. Um, so are you putting any money on your alma mater? What do you think? So that's, that's stuff I stay away from usually because I'm already so invested in them winning that I don't need to bet on it. Um, I, I would. I would. I really think that they're going to be a – fantastic and have a really good chance of winning. And I think it's pretty cool that they've become the premier lacrosse team and 
the men's team's kind of falling. I mean, obviously, I would prefer the men's team not to fall by the wayside, but um, I'm excited for that. They are good. They are legit. They have some really, really talented players. Um, so I'm excited for that. But I, I wouldn't bet on it because um, just that fact. I'm, I'm already so invested in it. And then the other thing, um, in New York State, when it's legalized mobile, you won't be able to bet on, and this is true at the casinos right now too, you can't bet on New York college teams right. um, in this area. So so when Tommy and I, assuming the show works out, we're going to um, make it fun. We're going to make betting on Syracuse sports more fun where we'll do on the show wagers amongst ourselves, wagers with Twitch subscribers, and uh, and make that a little bit more fun. Like let's say I want to take Syracuse to cover plus 20 against Virginia and Tommy thinks they won't cover it, which will be the opposite most of the time. Um, but loser has to stick their hand in a jar of mayonnaise for the entire next show. They're just stupid <laughs> stuff like that. We're going to find fun ways to make um, not gambling, but playing games with Syracuse University's lines and stuff like that. We'll find ways to make that fun. Well, you don't want athletes within New York State betting on their own schools, for example. Oh, yeah. That might be a problem and an NCAA violation. We question a lot that they do, but I don't think that they want that. So your advice, generally speaking, is you get the rush from the monetary bet uh, for placing money on a team and, and placing that bet. But And I think it's common sense, but you shouldn't place your money and bet on something that you are emotionally invested in. You have to be able to almost separate the two things if you want to strategically bet and have a little bit of fun with it. And chances are you make better decisions. Oh, yeah. I never trust when I'm – so I'll text a friend and say – I'll text a friend who's a Celtics fan, for example, and ask him about the game, and they'll give me their thoughts. And that's just to get somebody that knows the team a little bit better than I do. But you never trust the Browns fan that says they're going to win on Sunday or that they're going to cover. <laughs> you, you never trust the person who – if you ask Tommy Hogan – if Tommy Hogan bet on – No, 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 no. I'm going to interrupt you. He would no, lose. I'm going to interrupt you. Say it right. He has a new nickname. Tommy Gunn Hogan brother. <laughs> Tom, Tommy Gunn Hogan brother. If you ask him to bet on Syracuse sports, he would lose all of his money because he would bet on them to win every game, yeah. and they don't win every game. I would you too. Know, they might cover. They might. They might have a chance. They might cover the first half, something like that. But as you said, yeah, it's uh, it's you got to separate fandom and uh, what really could happen, um, and sometimes those align, but you always have that little bias mixed in. So, cause even, even tonight, if I, if I tell you to root for no runs first inning, if Stan hits a homer in the first inning, you're going to get pretty excited. <laughs> well, well good to, thing. Stan's not starting. Tonight. Uh, absolutely. Uh, oh, that's good. I didn't know that. Agent orange in the Twitch chat at Q sports talk. Thank Henry Hill and Boston college for that rule. That's absolutely right. We'll give credit where it's due right there. So listen with hockey season, obviously being in their break, their summer break, you're going to have some time. You're doing this sports betting show with Tommy Gunn, Hogan, brother. We're going to have to bring you back on on a pretty, pretty regular basis and get some picks. Maybe you have a couple of games for us once a week or something like that. We've got to do it, Professor Michael Lear. Oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm, uh, and I'll keep track of my records, too, so people know I'm not BSing them. I got Indians tonight, under in the Marlins-Phillies game, and no runs first inning of the Yankees. That's, uh, that's the official. Well, I'll bet you uh, I'll bet you that hundred bucks that we're uh, just as happy to have you on as you were to come on. Thanks, bud. We appreciate you. Hey, thanks. Anytime, guys. That's Michael Lears, the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio. We're coming right back with the last thing we'll say today. He's in the 10, 15, he's in the 20. 
It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Oh, boy. Man, I, I still, I've got to think of a challenge to settle the kerfuffle between Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. I'm interested in the Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcon stuff, but that'll play out. And I think you can't do anything for another week or so till June 1st, right? Because of salary cap issues with both. Correct. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But this Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau thing, still talking about golf. Like, you know what I mean? On Tuesday. With the way the media cycles go now with social media, and it's it's a thing, and then three hours later, it's not a thing. But but suddenly, this is better than, it's like, yeah, it's awesome, lefty one. But I want to talk about that, because the video got leaked of Kepka's reaction. Man, he, it's, is it hate? It's straight hate. It's hate. Can you fix it? No. It's It's beyond reproach? Yeah, I just feel like those guys definitely don't like each other, and... They're willing to jab at each other no matter what. But I wonder what started it, because it didn't just start at the PGA Championship. Like, something happened along the way here that I need to find out about. Well, it's probably one of those guys are uh, braggadocious, and the other one doesn't like it, and clearly they've made comments to each other in the past. Bryson DeChambeau hits the ball a mile, but Brooks Kepka has won a little bit more overall friendly competition. I think not. This makes me invest in it more. I would want to see them in the final pairing at a major. And you want me to do some sports betting, Professor Michael Lear, who we just had on, or Tommy Hogan, who's coming up with Brent X? Boy, that's what I'm putting my money on. That'd be interesting. Well, listen, you're on the block with Brent X. Uh, He'll be up at the top of the hour. I've got to figure he's going to attempt to say Tommy Gunn Hogan brother, right? We can only hope. Will Will he do the new nickname? No, he won't. You think he will? No. You think he won't? No, because it's not his idea. But he's going to say, on the air. That's coming up with a little Springsteen. Axe is next. It's ESPN Radio. See you tomorrow.